Alzheimer's disease was first identified more than 100 years ago. Nonetheless, the precise physiologic changes that trigger the development of Alzheimer's remain largely unknown. More than 5.4 million Americans of all ages have Alzheimer's. Consider this. Nearly half of people age 85 and older, 45% have Alzheimer's. Advocacy groups such as the Alzheimer's Association play a critical role in advancing new science and advocating for those affected by this often traumatic disease. You're listening to ReachMD. I'm your host, Paul Rakuski, and today I'm speaking with Claire Day, Vice President, Constituent Services of the Delaware Valley Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Claire, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How did you make your way to the Alzheimer's Association? Well, I'm a trained social worker. I started my career working in long-term care in nursing homes, and I was actually a volunteer for the Alzheimer's Association as a support group facilitator. And uh, then I joined our walk committee, and I would say once you're a walk committee member, you're practically staff anyway. And so uh, I was able to join the chapter full-time in 2001. So can you tell us about your role specifically? My role is to oversee all program and service delivery that our constituents receive throughout our 18 counties. So that includes our support groups, educational programs for both persons with the disease as well as their care partners, our 24-7 helpline, which is available to anyone to call if they have a question, if they're having a concern about themselves. And then most recently, we've really expanded our early stage services that include not just the support programs like education and support groups, but also social engagement opportunities for people who are truly in the earliest stages of the disease. So we're actually connecting them with other people who are walking this walk with them. So you say you were on the walk committee. Can you tell us about your 2013 walk? Our 2013 walk was really one that we will remember in our record books. It is uh, the only million-dollar walk in the country. We are the top walk in the country. We had probably close to 15,000 people at Citizens Bank Park in uh, November. It was a little chilly, windy day, but it really is an opportunity for us to bring the community together to raise money, sure, that's you know what helps to fund our programs and services, but it also brings that sense of community together. Everybody's kind of coming out and, and getting to talk to each other and meet other families and other people with the disease. It really is a fun day. And we actually hold six walks throughout the region, but our Philadelphia walk is our largest. That sounds really exciting. So in your role as the, the Vice President of Constituent Services, what exactly is the most rewarding thing that you feel every day? I think for me, it's about making connections to people in our community. So it's making sure that they realize that there are services or programs out there that they can take advantage of. So many people feel isolated with this disease and they feel like they're walking it alone. And it can feel that way because it is such a devastating disease. It does change every aspect of both the person who's been diagnosed as well as their care partner. We see care partners whose friends disappear. They don't get invited to go out to dinner anymore. They're like losing that social connection as well as now dealing with maybe changing roles within the household. They're now taking over all the bills and all the finances and all the responsibilities And so what I love about my job is really being able to bring people together who feel that sense of community through service of a program, through connecting at a support group, through just letting them know that maybe it's not our services, maybe it's other services that are available that they didn't know about that are going to ease their daily life. 
So what do you view as your most valuable service? I think it has to be our 24-7 helpline, although all of our programs and services are wonderful. What's great about the helpline is it's consistent. It's there every day. Calls can come in Monday through Friday to our local office, and they're, they're answered by one of our clinical staff who are able to guide families through the question that they have or the services that they need. But what's great about it is after hours, that's rolled to our national contact center. So there's always a live person available to take a phone call. And, you know, in this world of technology and when you call a service place now, you have to dial one, you have to press all these buttons just to get to a live person. I think that's such a valuable piece that we're still able to provide to families uh, because it really, sometimes emergencies don't happen Monday through Friday, nine to five. Those questions don't always pop up during business hours. And it's nice to know that there's always someone on the line, no matter what time of day or night. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rakuski, and today I'm speaking with Claire Day, Vice President, Constituent Services of the Delaware Valley Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. So, Claire, we talked a little bit about what's the most rewarding for you and your best service. What other services do you offer? We offer opportunities for consumers and people with the disease to receive education. And one of our newest initiatives in the last few years has really been reaching out to uh, physicians in the area, neurologists, geriatricians, people that are treating uh, patients with Alzheimer's disease, just to let them know that we're here and that our services, for the most part, are free to consumers because we know it takes time to talk about Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease elicits questions. People are frustrated. They don't know where to go next. They don't know what to do once they have the diagnosis. And although there are some treatments out that are said to slow the progression of the disease, there isn't really a treatment plan that physicians can offer. And so we have that time to talk to families, to talk to people who have just been diagnosed, to help them through the psychosocial aspects of the disease, the service end of the disease, and work with the physicians to make sure that they're getting the best medical treatment as well uh, based on any other you know, diagnosis that they may have. So it's really been rewarding for us to see uh, physicians post our helpline flyers in their, in their offices, give that number out to patients. It's funny, you know, when a physician tells you to do something, people are most likely to do it. And, and we've had people come to our services saying, well, my doctor told me I had to come to your support group. And, you know, they, they couldn't find an actual time that, that suited them. And they were really worried because they kept saying, but my doctor told me I had to go. And so it's really kind of nice to see that relationship between us and the medical professional working together because there's a lot of people in our community that need support. And we have to work together if we're going to reach them all. Yeah, navigating the system is always the most challenging aspect once you get that initial diagnosis of what's the next step. And it's great to know there's resources out there like your association to help with that. Absolutely. Thank you. So you talked about what's going on now and, and what you really look at as, you know, the greatest aspects of your organization. What do you have coming up in 2014 and beyond in the way of initiatives? Well, one of the things that I'm really excited about for 2014 is going to be the introduction of a uh, new research symposium for medical professionals. So we're going to be putting on a, a conference, essentially, for, uh, for researchers where we can actually learn about the current research that's happening here in the Delaware Valley. Uh, that's going to be happening in late spring, early summer in the Philadelphia region. And I think just for me, looking ahead at how we can continue to 
educate the community and really raise that awareness on what Alzheimer's disease is. That's what I'm most empowered to do in the upcoming year. There are too many people that come up to me who say, I wish I'd known about your helpline when my mother was alive. I wish I'd known your services were there. And, and we've got to change that. You, you talked about the statistic, 5.4 million Americans. Every 68 seconds, someone in America develops Alzheimer's disease. We know the baby boomers are at greatest risk. The first of the boomers turned 65 January 1, 2011. So we know each year that number is going to get bigger and bigger, and we've got to be working together as a community to make sure that everybody has access to the education, information, and then the services that are available. So for me, that's what I'm most excited about for 2014. So anything specific around the awareness initiative? We don't have a a specific campaign planned other than we just want to really work with people to get the word out, really work with new partners and develop new programs that can help to uh, get the word out to to members of the community that maybe don't know the Alzheimer's Association exists. Because it's, it's not that people don't think our services are great. We're very fortunate in that regard. It's just that enough people don't know that we're out there to help them. And that's one of the things we want to change. And the way we're going to do that is start working together. So where you are working right now, how is your chapter received? We have a really great relationship with uh, our community partners, and uh, we have a really uh, a fairly large outreach of people that call our helpline and come to our programs. But when you look at the grand scheme of the number of people that we're trying to reach, it's not nearly enough. Uh, I think what's great about our programs that, for the most part, all of our programs and services are free. The only one that's not free uh, for consumers is our Medic Alert Plus Safe Return program, which is a national registry program for people who are at risk for wandering. It's a bracelet system that basically identifies them as being memory impaired and then works within a national database so that if someone goes missing, uh, a good Samaritan who might find the person or the police can identify that person and then through an 800 number be able to connect that person back to their loved one. Uh, you know, Wandering is a very common behavior that's associated with the sort of moderate or late stage of the disease, and it's really uh, one that is so important. Safety is number one with our constituents. As I mentioned earlier, the precise uh, physiologic changes that trigger the development of Alzheimer's remain largely unknown. Even knowing that, what is there to be optimistic about in the future? Yeah, and that's a question that I, I sort of struggle with every year because, you know, we see a lot of these researchers doing the very best work that they can, but still having, uh, you know, at the end of the day, not statistical significance with their research. I think for me, what I'm most hopeful about is that through the advancement of the National Alzheimer's Project Act, which created a national plan that was through President Obama uh, in 2011, he created this national plan. States are now adopting state plans on Alzheimer's disease, which is really showing uh, the states coming together to really think about how are we going to support all of these constituents in the upcoming decades. And so I'm hopeful at the fact that I think now more than ever, we have that ability to really make sure that programs and services are going to continue to exist for people living with the disease and that funding for research is also going to continue on the level that it is or higher 
uh, as the years go on, which is going to help us sort of get to that next uh, that next stage. Uh, you know, here in, in the greater Philadelphia area, there's some really interesting research starting uh, in 2014, uh, never before types of research that are going to maybe potentially change uh, how we uh, view some of these current treatments and, and make uh, available treatments to people earlier. Um, there's still a long way to go with some of those research opportunities, but we also know that um, if we're not doing the research, we're never going to find that magic what's happening. We know what's happening, we don't know why. And that, that magic why is going to be so important for, um, for researchers and for people looking to find either disease-modifying treatments or, or cures in the upcoming years. So is there anything that we haven't touched on here that you would like to talk about? I think, uh, you know, I always like to make sure that we talk about the fact that the Alzheimer's Association is just one organization working to try and provide support to caregivers. And it really uh, does take everybody working together, um, whether it's physicians, whether it's other medical professionals, whether it's, uh, you know, other consumer groups that uh, really need to get the word out um, to know that Together, we can make sure that families have access to the information that they need. And, and really, I think what's important is a proper diagnosis, is early detection, is making sure that you're not ignoring those early warning signs. That early detection is key to a good treatment plan. It's, it's key to discussing the, all of the changes that you're going to go through as a person with the disease with your family, really including that full care plan, uh, family in the care plan. You can't go through Alzheimer's disease alone. It, it really does take an entire care system uh, to care for someone throughout the stages of the disease. The disease can last anywhere from, you know, 8 to 12 years. We've seen people live a lot longer, and we've seen people live not so long. But throughout that time, needs are going to be changing, and it's important that the earlier you can plan that information, the earlier you can get a diagnosis and really understand what's going on, the better off your treatment plan is going to be. Um, there's also so many things that mimic some of the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease that aren't and have cures or have treatments that can reverse uh, the what are seem to be memory symptoms. So really consulting your medical professional as soon as you see some of those warning signs like memory loss, uh, difficulty adapting to daily changes, difficulty planning your everyday tasks like going to the grocery store, managing your finances, all those things, the sooner you get to the doctor, the better. Well, I very much want to thank our guest, Claire Day, for sharing some valuable perspective into the Alzheimer's Association and the disease state generally. Again, Claire, thank you very much for your insights. Thank you for having me. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com featuring podcasts of this and other series. I've been your host, Paul Rakuski, and thank you for listening.